Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of the My Tech Story Africa podcast. My name is Alice Kanjajo, your lovely host, and I am very excited about today's guest. He's one of my favorite guests that I've had on this platform and I know I say that about every guest, but guys, the episode with Gerald is just one that I think is going to be very crucial for you to listen to if you're an ecosystem player in the African tech industry. Today's episode we feature Gerald Black who is a distinguished and award-winning tech ecosystem builder. With over 11 years of work experience, he's currently a partner at Black Ops, which is a community for top operators on venture-backed startups across Africa, as well as the host of Backend by Gerald Black podcast, which is a platform for spotlighting and celebrating achievements of tech founders, operators, investors, and hubs across Africa. This episode definitely goes beyond Gerald's impressive entrepreneurial background, delving into the specific challenges and opportunities facing tech startups in Africa. He also shares practical advice on building strong networks, finding effective mentors, and adapting to the ever-changing African context. When you find people are really interested in what you are doing, doing and really want to support they don't waste your time they don't waste your time. build your network build your network build your network build you're one or two people or even three people away from where you need to be this episode is a must watch for anyone who is interested in understanding the intricacies in the tech landscape as well as gain valuable knowledge from a seasoned industry leader i really hope you enjoyed this episode make sure you check out our website at mtsafrica.co make sure you join our community because we'll be sharing the latest in african tech and everything my tech story africa what's happening what you need to be on top of as long as you're interested in the tech landscape across the continent follow us on all our social media platforms at my tech story africa everywhere and mts africa underscore on twitter and finally this is also a call for you to listen to gerald's podcast back end by gerald black that is also available on all the major listening platforms that being said i hope you enjoyed this episode and let's get into it Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I'm very excited for the guest that we have today. It's his first time in Nairobi, and I needed to get an opportunity to have a conversation with him, especially on the podcast, because I do feel you have a lot to share that our audience can take a, bit, a lot of gems from. So I will give you the opportunity to introduce yourself. Today, we are joined by Gerald Black here with us on the My Tech Story Africa podcast, and I'll give you the chance to introduce yourself to our audience. Thanks, Alice. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. Mm -hmm. uh, my name is Gerald Black. Currently, I head go-to-market at Anko. It's a fintech offering banking as a service solutions in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also an exited founder, mm -hmm. an ecosystem enabler, just helping the ecosystem thrive across mm -hmm. Africa. Mm -hmm. And I also um, work with Black Ops. Mm -hmm. It's a community for top operators across venture-backed startups mm -hmm. in Africa. Wow. Seems like that's a lot that you do for the tech industry <laughs> here. Say that. So <laughs> I am very interested in knowing much more about not only what you just mentioned, but how you even got there in the first place. Absolutely. So I think that being said, we can get straight into it. But the first thing I want to do before we even get to the story, there's Gerald Black and then there's something I've seen. <laughs> On your LinkedIn, he said, you I'm Gerald Black, but formerly known <laughs> as Gerald something. So I want to know what, yeah. that, what that's about. Yeah, so my official name is Gerald Okonkwo, mm -hmm. right? But I'm popularly referred to as Gerald Black. 
Why is that which the is, case? It's, so it, it's sort of a brand name that, mm-hmm. you know, I decided to stick with. Mm-hmm. And the reason being because, you know, number one, it's easy to remember, <laughs> right? And Fair. it's also easy to associate me with Gerald Black because I always put on black. You know what? I was going to, because I met you, I think, three days ago for an Antler Happy Hour session yes. and you were also wearing black. Yes. Wow. Okay. That's really interesting. Yes. So that those are the there was no like hidden like deep connection. No, to no. So I, I think it started off as you know my friends, you know, seeing me wearing black, black all, all the, the time, time and you know like Gerald Black, Gerald Black, always oh, okay. on black, you know, and okay. it kind of like stuck. And I decided to because it's a catchy name, easy to remember, yeah. and also easy to be associated with. Do you because, actually always wear black? Yeah, yeah, actually. Wow. Especially when it's. <laughs> Um, me going out to an official gathering mm-hmm. or, you know, out there, yes. You'll probably see me wearing oh, black. Oh, wow. Okay, that's very really interesting. <laughs> so, Gerald Black, I think you can start telling us your story. Where did your story begin? What what maybe were you... Did you always know that tech or being in the ecosystem is something you wanted to do? Or when you were younger or in primary or high school, where did the journey begin, basically? Yeah, so I think the journey for me began you know, with me being or wanting to become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how people say entrepreneurs are born? Mm-hmm. Well, some people subscribe to that school of thought. Some don't, you, but I think I do. You do. And, you know, I remember vividly growing up, I always wanted to do something, mm-hmm. create something, sell something, you know, just offer a solution, right? And it all started while I was in the university, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, so I remember... Then my dad, especially when I was in university, my dad used to call me, mm-hmm. right, when, you know, something needed to be done in the house because mm-hmm. I, I had the plugs, I knew all these people, mm-hmm. I knew artisans, I knew, you know, whatever you're looking for, I have a you plug. The guy. I, had, I had a plug for it, right? <laughs> so I would be in school and then something would need, you know, to be done in the house. My mm-hmm. dad would reach out to me and mm-hmm. be like, ah, do you have a guy for this? Send him over to the house. Why is it that you had a connection <laughs> for to it, it, So I always knew how to build relationships, mm-hmm. right? So when I go out, I meet people, um, I find something that connects us and I mm-hmm. stay in touch, right? Mm-hmm. So over time, you know, I found a way to get value off mm-hmm. of it, right? So, mm-hmm. and that was how we started off. So my dad would need a plumber. He would need someone to come fix the decoder. Mm, you know, TV isn't working have. well. He reach out, like, can you send someone? And, you know... I quickly identified that as a problem, mm-hmm. right? Because my dad was a very busy professional. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to work at the bank, had no time for anything, right? And mm-hmm. then I realized there are a couple of people that fit into his category, right? Mm-hmm. So they just want someone to come get something done. Yes. And then that was how I got my first idea, right? So I started off a company called WeFix, W-E-F-I-X. Wow. Yes. At what point was this still in uni or? Yeah, while school? I was in the okay. university, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided, and the sole idea of Wayfix was to offer um, house maintenance solutions, mm-hmm. office repairs, mm-hmm. whatever you need, artisans, you know, instead of looking for someone to do it, to do you it. just reach out to mm-hmm. us and we'll and get you someone you. and we'll help you manage the project end to end, right? So this ended up becoming, you know, what I did for my internship. Mm-hmm. Right, because I I actually studied computer engineering in school. Okay. Right, and we had this compulsory six to eight months internship mm-hmm. where you have to go get assigned to a company. Yes. You know, but as opposed to doing that, I started you off mine. Your own right. Company. So I started WeFix during my internship, 
offering these services wow. to exactly how to, was that experience did it, pick it was up? awesome it was awesome oh my god um, i remember okay. three months after we started because mm -hmm. you just know that there are some problems that have been looking for solutions mm -hmm. right i remember three months after we started and we immediately started getting customers wow even working for banks working for big organizations reaching out to us to help them you know carry out Get some repairs some services in the house or in the office and you know that really went well but at the time it wasn't a tech company mm -hmm. right it was a regular Service. maintenance facility management company mm -hmm. where you reach out to us on phone send an email we come we get it done right so my journey into tech i would say started off when i watched so there was this popular movie called my um, no it was called social network the mm -hmm. social network. I think maybe I've watched it. Yeah, before, yeah, it was a movie about Mark Zuckerberg. Yes. Yes, founder mm -hmm. of Facebook yes. and how he started off Facebook mm -hmm. from his dormitory in the university. And, you know, after watching, after seeing that movie, it kind of like triggered Clicked. that interest, yeah. right? The power of technology mm -hmm. and how you can actually get something done. Um, I think I saw the movie way back in maybe 2014. I can't mm -hmm. remember so well. Or 2013, thereabout. Uh, but I didn't act on it, right? I just had that interest. Just somewhere. that first yeah, moment of yeah, that and that's excitement. That's where it always starts, you know. I, I generally that think that's where everything starts. Like they say, it starts with an idea, but genuinely it does start with an idea. And then over time, you can't keep ignoring this thing Absolutely. that keeps coming up to Absolutely. your mind. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, I guess that's exactly what happened to you. Yes. Yeah. Actually, sorry, before we move forward too much, there are a couple of questions I have oh, from please. the previous uh, things that you've mentioned. And the first thing that I have is, one, when before uni, when you decided computer engineering is your course, did you have any interest in computers? You kind of just built relationships. Was marketing something you thought about? Or like, did you just know you want to be an entrepreneur? And I guess a tech entrepreneur for, of that. Or was there something you had an interest in before? Uh, so I had an interest. I had a genuine interest in computers. Okay. Right. I remember I would go play with my you know, father's computer. I was just really fascinated with what mm -hmm. you could do with it. You yes. know, I, I was very interested. And mm -hmm. that was really what led to my decision to study, to study computer engineering in okay. school. Mm -hmm. But at the time... I, I can't really say I had that idea of wanting to become an entrepreneur. It just happened. It just happened. It just happened. And yeah. that is why I really Your say internship. entrepreneurs are, are born, born, right? Because they find themselves wanting to do it. Yes. Not okay. necessarily having to sit down yes. and think about, oh, what do I do? What do I do? I want to become an No, it just yes. happens. It just happens. Right? You find an opportunity and you find a way to plug into to the opportunity it and, the, and solve the problems that are there. Yes. Okay, that does make sense. And especially, I mean, for your internship, you started a successful company. Yes. So I hope you acknowledge that that is not a common story where know, someone knows know. exactly what they want to do and pursue it and their first startup is a success. So I want us to also acknowledge that and I applaud you for even doing that and already having the foundation that you had with Connections. I do believe that people are your gateway to everything in terms True. of opportunities and being able to just express yourself or interact with people every day. For me, it's something I've also not really struggled with growing up. And I can see that is a skill that is very an, an yes. added asset to you as a person and as you keep growing whatever it is that, or whatever industry you're trying to be in. Okay, that being said, so yes, walk us through 
after the inter, uh, the we work i think what we, was, fix. we fix yes. yeah the journey from there yeah so um i f- i got out of school in 2014 mm-hmm. right and um, we also have this very compulsory um, thing we do in nigeria called nysc mm-hmm. right it's compulsory for every student what to go NYSE? through yeah so it, it's a how how do i explain it now it's like you serving the country Mm. Right, so it's compulsory, and then you have to get posted to somewhere wow. to give back to the community, sort of. Mm-hmm. Right, it's I don't know if you have such in Nairobi. We don't have it here, but I think I, there are several countries which are the oh. same way. Yeah. Oh, oh, I think oh. even Egypt, you have to go through. Like yes, an, yes, it's, it's called the National Youth Service Cup. Yeah, yeah you okay. you have to go through it. Mm-hmm. It's compulsory, and it kind of like ties into some decisions long term in mm-hmm. terms of you getting into public offices. Mm. Right, it's, okay. it's one of the criteria. Yes. Did you serve, Did you serve your country? country? You know, sort of. Yeah. So um, I got posted. Then I was in the east, mm-hmm. right, eastern part of Nigeria, and then at the time where I had to go on the NYSC, I was posted to a completely different place, which is west of Nigeria. Yes. And that is Lagos. Yes. Right, Lagos, okay. the tech capital of. So of that Nigeria. was convenient. Yes. Yes. So I, I got posted to Lagos, and at the time. I was posted to an engineering company mm-hmm. where I was supposed to serve for a year mm-hmm. and contribute and also learn, right? And I would say that was my first exposure to a completely different environment, mm-hmm. especially as an entrepreneur coming to see a much bigger market because Lagos is really big. Yes. You have a lot of players in different spaces. Yes. Competition is high, you know? So at the time I was young, and I, I was something you would call a local champion where I was coming from, right? Hey. And then coming to a much bigger market. Now you're, now I'm like, you're starting from what's, scratch. What's happening here? <laughs> People don't know who I <laughs> exactly. am. Exactly. Like, this is the competition is high, big companies everywhere. Where do I start from? Right. So I worked in that company, but I did something very unique, right? While I was at the company, I knew that one of the fastest ways for me to properly integrate into that community Mm -hmm. was to connect with people, find places where like minds would gather. And then I I signed up to an app. So there was this app called Meetup. I don't know if you have it here, but so what the app basically does is it helps, it suggests events coming up. Mm. It suggests communities you could join, Mm -hmm. right? So I I signed up to that app and then I would always see upcoming events, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, so I remember, I saw an event hosted by MEST. I don't know if you've heard of MEST. What is MEST? MEST is, um, is like a hub. It's like a tech, okay, a tech a hub, tech hub um, headquartered in Ghana. Ah. But at the time, they also had operations in, in Nigeria. Lagos. Yes, in Lagos. And then they were hosting this tech event. That was going to be my first tech, tech event, event ever. And then I went to the, I went to the event. You know, I, that was in 2015 as a young guy really excited about, oh, yes. I'll, I'll meet new people. And then I saw a lot of tech people, they were having fireside chats. Yes. And then that was my first proper induction into how technology can be deployed mm-hmm. to help you better scale whatever solutions yes, that, that you're that looking you're at, to exactly, yeah. prefer. 
And, you know, it was really exciting. I, I met Jason Njoku for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that was Iroko TV. Have you heard of Iroko I TV? I have heard of Yeah, Iroko so he TV. was one of the speakers. Yes. They had guests from MERST speaking. And they were all talking about technology. Did you and know, like, the nitty-gritties? I feel sometimes when you're not in tech and you go for tech events, it's kind of like, what's no, going on here? No, I didn't, right? Okay. So it, it took me a lot of reading up after that event because mm. again it inspired a lot of curiosity yes and i wanted to know what what is the tech startup mm-hmm. you know what are what is seed round what is yes. proceed yeah. what is mvp yeah they were really exciting for me right and then i went signed up to a couple newsletters including that of okay. nest um there was a tech blog coming up at the time called tech point mm-hmm. signed up to tech point i started getting really interested and then i got I'm really absorbed into the whole concept they of tech. They had you. They had you there. Yes, they, sucked they did. You in. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so since I knew that the competition for me, especially from where I was coming from, was really high, I knew that oh, okay, if I was going to get a chance to succeed here, I have to go the tech route, mm-hmm. right? And then I pivoted from WeFix, mm-hmm. from where I was coming from, yes. to iFix. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> iFix was now a platform for hiring artisans. Mm. Yes. So if you want mm-hmm. a plumber, like an Uber for artisans. So, you, so you go what hire was someone. the difference between WeFix and iFix? Yes. So the difference is at WeFix, we help you handle the entire project. It's like a contractor. Mm. You bring us in, we do it for you. Mm. Right. But in a more competitive market, we knew that we had to disrupt. Mm-hmm. Right. And the way we knew that we could disrupt, was to offer something different. Mm-hmm. And we also knew that people wanted to do things themselves. They wanted to manage their own projects. Yeah. The environments were different, right? Yes. And then, so we created this platform where you just go online and you're like, okay, what are you looking for? You put it there, I need a plumber. And then when you fill in all the things you need, we now send you someone and send you an email saying, oh, this is the person mm, coming, the person reach out to him. Coming. Oh, you so know, now do the exactly, rest of the work. Exactly. And would people sign up uh, as vendors on this platform? Yes, yes. So it was oh, both so ways. it was like an e-commerce Yeah, so we had to onboard of... vendors. Okay. Right, but it wasn't the yellow page, right? Mm-hmm. So not like we had a directory for mm. different vendors, no. Mm-hmm. So you have to key in what you need. I need a plumber by this time, in so and so location. Mm-hmm. And then we now do the work of selecting someone that fits your criteria mm-hmm. and then sending the person to you. Okay. Right. But unfortunately, we did this from 2016 to 2018. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, why I said unfortunately is we were way ahead of the market. Ah, uh, it was the timing. Yes, was timing was right. wrong. Timing was really wrong. Mm. Um, in Western parts of the world, you have this, you have tax rabbits, you have a lot of these kind of services, right? Yes. But in Nigeria, especially at the time. It was not common. Yeah, it wasn't common. I mean, people were more community driven. Yes. Right? If I want something, I'll probably call a friend and ask for a referral. Yes. yes. Then go online and, and search for, for a plumber. You know, exactly. How can so, you trust someone? Exactly, exactly. So we had that issue and, you know, it didn't go so well, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. So you could say that failed, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So I'll stop there. I know you have questions. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> No, I don't have questions. I think you were very clear about how you ended up with iFix. However, you know, we WeFix was not really going to be a sustainable model because you're up far away from yes. where you, you initially did it. And so Lagos, you needed to keep up with the times. And so 
this was one of those things that you thought was going to succeed, but yes. there's always lessons from that experience it's that you exactly. did. So I want, I'm interested to know that, okay, now you realized iFix may not be what you wanted it to be. What was my next step? Exactly. Yes. So this, this brings me to my next journey, mm -hmm. right? So iFix failed. It wasn't really, like I said, it was more of a timing thing. The yes. model was great. The few customers we had at the time loved it. Yeah. Right, but adoption across adoption board was not was, was really low, right? Mm -hmm. So again, we had to pivot to something else, right? And that was where we now realized that in vehicle care, mm -hmm. right? And this happened because I got my first car and I got really burnt mm -hmm. trying to find a good mechanic to help me take care of the vehicle. You know, Everything I, I ended is an up, opportunity for yeah. you. You can't find a mechanic. How can oh we fix this? Yeah. So, so when I had that you know, very um, strange experience, I decided to try and create something within that industry, mm -hmm. right? And then I, I started a company called Packet, mm -hmm. right? And um, so the plan for Packet was we we're supposed to offer a 360 um, vehicle care experience, mm -hmm. right? But I knew that that was a very tough market to crack. Yes. I mean, it's really big. You have the spare parts, you have the technicians, you have the OEMs. There's a lot of moving parts. It's, there's a lot of moving parts, right? So I decided to. to start from a low-hanging fruit, mm -hmm. which was um, vehicle detailing, car wash, mm. and, and all of that, okay. right? And then build from build there, from right? Because that was really easy to start, Yeah. right? So we started a company called Parkit. Sorry, before you go any further, when you say we, do you have any co-founders you were working with throughout the time, or were you uh, meeting different people to start this with? So so at, so from WeFix all the way to iFix, I had people I was working with, mm -hmm. not really co-founders, but like a team. A team. Yes. Mm -hmm. And even leading up, up to Packet, when we got the idea for Packet, or rather when I got the idea, <laughs> <laughs> when I got the idea for yeah. Packet, I, I had no co-founders at the time. Mm -hmm. But because I wanted it to be a sustainable tech company, mm -hmm. I had to go find a technical co-founder. Before we even get beyond that, I want you to talk about the experience of looking for oh a co-founder because I think for a lot of people who work in tech, a co-founder gets to a point where it's necessary for you to have someone else to come on board, but finding that person can be difficult. And yes. I listened to this podcast by Gimlet Media called Startup, and he documents basically his journey to building his startup. Uh, I mean, his, yeah podcast network, which is what he wanted to build. And one of the key things that he was talking about was his experience looking for a co-founder. Well, there are dating sites that you look for a co-founder <laughs> in. Like, what was that experience for you? Well, so I'm not sure I had a really bad experience. Okay, right? fair. Because if you remember, I told you I had a you know really good way around building relationships. Yes. Right, so my, my co-founder ended up you know, being someone that I went to school with. Okay. Right. Exactly. So it wasn't that really, was it wasn't really tough okay. for me. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay. that That's was how, good. that was All how right. I got my, okay. right. Mm -hmm. So we, st we started Packet and um, I knew that I wanted Packet to be different because there were a lot of vehicle care service, mm -hmm. um, people who offer those services. Right. Mm -hmm. And the experience was terrible. The location, the customer experience, mm -hmm. It wasn't really great. And since I wanted something different, I decided to approach it differently. So the first thing we did was to partner with the malls, 
right? You mm. have these malls where people come for, you know, grocery shopping, come yes. see a movie. Yes. So we partner with the malls and we convince them to give us their... In, in Nigeria, we have ShopRite, mm -hmm. right? ShopRite is like the biggest... Um, franchise mm. outlet that people go to. I don't to. think it's doing too well here. No, I haven't seen any. <laughs> yeah, haven't we been. have them, or they left, or they left them. The, our, our studio audience is telling me that they did leave. They were in the market for a while, but oh, wow. okay. I think Carrefour right now is the one that holds the fort. Oh, no, us. I'm not sure I know. Yeah, I, I, well, that's what's predominant here, but proceed. Okay, so yeah, so, so we, we, have, we have those malls, the shop right in them. And we, so we approached one of them and, you know, it took a little bit of back and forth and convincing because they were very concerned about how messy it can get it can and get. people not being properly dressed on their PPEs and all of that, right? But we were able to convince them and we set up our first location. I know at the, somewhere at the back of your mind, you're thinking, so where is the tech there, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm I, getting there. Get into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we, we set up our first location and I can tell you for free that, you know, from the first day that we launched and started off that location, we had paying customers. Wow. It, it just looked like an opportunity that people were, we're waiting, waiting for. Because it made sense. We're right in the belly of our customers. Yes. You drive to the mall with a messy You're car. See this. You just pack it by the um, car wash or the detailing yeah. outlet. And then and you go do what yeah. you want to do, come back to come a clean back car. Because when yes. people go to supermarkets or malls, they're going to spend at least 30 to an hour. Uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So where the tech came into play was mm -hmm. two things. The first one was helping us manage because yeah. we quickly grew from one location to three locations within the same year. Wow. Yes, because, that and this is just between, because we launched our first location in June. So literally in six months, from June Wow. to December, we had three locations. That was a huge accomplishment. Yes. But now managing also gets Exactly, tiresome. exactly. So the tech came into play with, you know, managing um, the end-to-end -end for customers, registering vehicles, managing inventory. Mm -hmm. We had to build a custom solution mm -hmm. that helps us with the requisition from the head office. Oh, okay, yes. this location is running low on supplies. Mm -hmm. They can request for it online, registering vehicles. Yeah. Um, tracking who owns which vehicle mm -hmm. because it's an open space mm -hmm. and you don't want someone coming to point that, oh, okay, that's my car. Yeah. And then because yeah, you forgot to, you're like, oh, here yeah, you go. And the person yeah. drives away, you yeah. know. So we have to build a, system, a, that a system that helped us track who owns which vehicle yeah. and how do you track that and all of that. And then we also had a customer facing side of it mm -hmm. where people now pay online, mm -hmm. right? So you could check which location is closest to you. You ah. pay online, you drive into okay. location, you that get priority service sense. and, and all and of that. And you guys bootstrapped this whole thing? Is there any point you need So initially we, we bootstrapped yes. it, but somewhere down the line, we now got institutional investors okay. to help yeah. us scale the business. To help you scale even more. Yes. So, okay, you can walk us through now the scaling business. You've integrated tech into your systems. What was next for you? Did you decide to start a new journey or what? What was the progress for Pocket for you? Yeah, so so the progress for us was scaling what we had because we had those three locations, like I mentioned, within mm -hmm. the first year. Mm -hmm. And um, we had that for the next couple of, I think, one year or two, mm -hmm. just trying to understand. Like I said, you have something at the back of your mind, but you need to keep iterating yes. to really figure out based on customer feedback. So we had to change a lot of things. Yes. And then when we knew that we had figured out what we wanted to do, um, we eventually got our first investor 
who, by the way, reached out to us because oh, wow. he had gone to one of the locations and he and saw how the service how was, how it was different. He was yeah. really impressed. Yes. And then I remember he reached out to me on Facebook. What was the message? And, and the reason why he reached out to me on Facebook was because I would always talk about what I do. I would always post yes. about it. Was, so when he went online to check out he saw me because I'll add the things. hashtags yes. and all of that and yes. then he reached out and that's why it's very important to always talk about your business yes utilize all platforms share your progress share as much as you can do whatever it takes to put to your put business yourself and yourself out, out there. there no we had a guest on the podcast and I refer to this all the time who mentioned that you can always you can always be an introvert but never about yes. your career Yes. Because how will people know about what you're doing or who you are if you never post about it? So, and even recruiters or investors, it's gonna, it's very important for you to keep track of your journey. Even you, when you look back to the post that you've done, you also just see the progression of your journey. So, I think it's very crucial for you to add a media touch into whatever it is that you're doing in your absolutely, career. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So he reaches out to you. On yeah. Facebook. So, long story short, I think we had just one meeting. Just, just one. one. And that's why I tell people, <laughs> when you find people that are really interested in what you are doing, doing and really want to support, they don't waste your time. They don't waste your time. They don't waste your time. Within <laughs> the first 10 minutes, they already yes. have a feel so of we had, we met just once. We had one meeting. We shook hands. He loved what we were doing. And then after that, his team reached out and we closed the deal. Right. Wow. And then we started scaling. So we scaled to other parts of Nigeria. Mm -hmm. We scaled to... Wow. Yeah, we scaled to Abuja, which is the capital of Nigeria. Yes. We scaled to more regions within Lagos, you know, wow. and fast forward to 2021. Um, so there was a customer of ours called Cast 45. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard, they were also here in Kenya. So mm -hmm. Cast 45 is um, a platform for buying and selling vehicles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the messaging Cast 45 is because you can sell your vehicle in 45 minutes mm. or buy a vehicle in, in 45, 45 minutes. minutes. That, was, that was the idea, right? So um, so they were our customers. And how we partnered was um, they have vehicles that they buy and then they want to resell. But before they resell, they bring it to us and then we touch it up. If they are like permanent mm. stains, if it's smelly, you know, yeah. we take care of all of that yes. and then they move it to the showroom and sell it, mm -hmm. right? So we had that relationship um, from 2020, or from 2019, rather. Mm -hmm. From They were our customers from 2019. And then fast forward to 2021, mm -hmm. um, they had a breakaway company called Fixie 45, mm -hmm. which um, was now offering, or wanted to offer vehicle what? after sales service, right? Mm -hmm. So, so basically playing in our space. Basically what you were Yes, doing. exactly. So mm -hmm. everything from repairs, mm -hmm. you know, and. Since um, we already had that relationship, they reached out to us for an acquisition. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. Don't tell me you were quiet. Yes, we were. <laughs> ah, I hope it was a good deal. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was. wow. And Come then my team also ended up joining the company, the company to continue after. the work that we're doing. Yeah. I mean, before we even get to what was next, what was that feeling to have gone oh, through this no, journey? Oh, it no, was, it was really exciting. Don't, don't forget, like I told you from the very onset, when we started off with what we're doing, the plan was always to play in the entire space, not just car care, yes. not just detailing, not just washing. So when we had a bigger player reach out to us, we just knew that there was no point competing, right? They have yeah. the resources, they, they have, have the team, they have the money, you know, like, okay, let's just do let's this just with do them, it. right? And it made yeah. a lot of sense for us. Wow. I 
I I don't think I've had a guest yet who's talked about their company being acquired, especially on a larger scale. So that's very interesting to know. And I mean, now you have all this money. I'm assuming it was quite sizable. What was next for you? Yeah, so I, I, I took a break. But before I took that break, I had to work with them, especially to help with transitioning. Yes, of course. So I worked with the team for about seven months where I was VP for business development yes. and sales. And um, so I worked for seven months and then I had to take a step back Did and you rest. know your exit plan at that time where you just, okay, now we have to figure out something else? Uh, what do you mean exit plan? Like, okay, now you your company is acquired. Okay. What was next for you, I mean? Oh, yeah. no, I had nothing figured out. Yeah. So I just knew that, like, I'm sure you know, building a company can be very intense. Of course. A lot of people don't talk about how intense it is, but it's really draining, it's exhausting. It's tiring, and it all I had at the back of my mind at the time was to take a break. Yeah. So I, I really needed you that needed break, break, and then I took a break, right? So I took a break from March um, 2022. Plus it was COVID. Which was last year. Yeah, yeah just last year. I, not really. COVID had, like, gone down oh, okay. as of last yeah. year. So that was March. Like, oh, just last year. Just last year. Uh, yeah, so I took a break from March, and um, I was basically doing nothing. Um, up until, um, I think, August. Mm -hmm. And then I ran into someone, which is the founder of Black Ops, mm -hmm. right? Um, that was the first time we had that conversation about what Black Ops was and what the plan was, you know, for Black Ops. Define what you mean by ran into. Was it an event or did you meet? It was an event, yes. Oh, okay. So we had a mutual friend who whose birthday, also a tech founder. Mm -hmm. um, he was doing his birthday, and um, we ran into okay. each other at that event. Uh, makes sense. Exactly. Okay. So he told me about Black Ops, told me about his plans, you know. And I figured it just clicked, right? Mm -hmm. Because Black Ops is a community for operators. Mm -hmm. The whole idea is to support operators, by the way, are non-tech in tech, because a lot of people don't know that, right? Um, it's like a group word for like your tech salespeople, your tech operations. So I'm a tech, okay, I'm a tech operator, yeah, I guess. Are. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, now so, I know. Yeah, so <laughs> I ran into him and then he told me about Black Ops and instantly I picked interest, right? Because it was a community that kind of like aligned with what I was doing because one of the challenges I had while running Packet was getting top employees to help me support what I was doing. It's really difficult. Mm, mm. Finding people that are as good mm -hmm. or can replicate the work that you, yeah, do, that you do can be really difficult, yeah. right? So having a community that has those kind of people mm -hmm. and also supports emerging people to mm -hmm. become top operators mm -hmm. really aligns with who we, I was and wanted, my experiences and well. everything I had gone through, mm -hmm. you know, and I, you know, so eventually I ended up becoming community manager at Black Ops. And that was like my way back into, you know, working, working again. Working Exactly. Okay. So when you say community management, what does that entail? Yeah. And so you're currently still working there, you mentioned. Uh, well. Yes. I'm, mm -hmm. Though I'm a partner at Black Ops now, I have moved from... Okay. The... Let's... <laughs> Okay, so maybe you started as a community manager and then how did you get the upgrade? Well, your work was fantastic. Yeah, so so basically, like you asked, my, my role as a community manager was to ensure um, we had programming rights, to ensure members got value for being members of the community, mm -hmm. you know, community activities, bringing up initiatives that helps okay. these operators yeah. get better and ensuring programming mm. is, you know, aligned with what the values of what the community was mm -hmm. about, right? Mm -hmm. And 
you know, so I did this for since March, since August rather, mm -hmm. um, last year up until October this year. Wow. When, you know, so Shani was, who is the founder, was really impressed and that conversation came okay. up. Like, okay, you know what, let's do this together. Let's do you this. Know? <laughs> and then okay. by the way, Shani eventually became a founder, mm -hmm. right? So now he's running a tech startup and he needed someone to help support, support the work the that movement. he was doing at Black Ops. And, like, okay, and here you not? are. Yes. Wow. What's that experience been like? It's been exciting. It's been exciting. I usually tell people for me, Black Ops is not work because when you're doing something that aligns with what you really, what love, you to really do, love to it's, do, it's not really work, right? Yeah. Because you're having those conversations, you're driving those partnerships. It's just happening, right? Yeah. Without so much effort. Yeah. And then, so after Black Ops, um, Black Ops was, and like I, like I mentioned, right, it's a community. So it's not like a full-time role. We're, yes. not, we're not doing something every yeah. day, yeah. you know. And even when we do, it's usually off working hours. It's yeah. usually a weekend or in the evening. Mm -hmm. Because don't forget, operators are also working in different companies, right? Exactly. Yeah, so I knew that I also wanted to do, I wanted to get back into, because at the time I had gotten bored and I wanted to get back to doing something to inspire, you know, the mind yeah. and trigger the mind to keep working and doing things I love to do, right? So I, I met um, the founder of Anchor, mm -hmm. who, by the way, I met for the first time, I think in, at that event I mentioned that I attended from the app, that had messed from the meetup app when I came to the... What, what, here in Nairobi? No, no, in no, Nigeria. in Nigeria. Yeah, okay. when I moved to when Lagos, my first tech oh, event. Oh, the first, the yeah, very first exactly, event you exactly. Okay, so, I, so I how him. is it that over the years now you met him again? Yeah, so I, I met him first then, then, and then, like I said, I always keep in touch. Keep right? in touch So we had that relationship, exactly. And then fast forward to last year, he launched a fintech and was basically looking for someone to work with him to drive, go to market for the fintech, mm -hmm. right? So we had that conversation mm -hmm. since I was looking for something to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I loved what he was doing, right? So Anchor is helping people or founders that are interested in launching financial products. It's helping them launch these products faster without having to worry about um, what are the regulatory requirements. Mm -hmm. You can think about that long term, mm -hmm. but in the interim, while you're trying to get your product market fit and test the market, mm -hmm. you don't want to invest so much in having to acquire those licenses. Yeah. So you can basically plug into what we do and get started, right? Because we offer I, you APIs for oh, that okay. and all of that, yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to ask, what do you mean by just starting off, like for fintechs? Could you just expand on what that is okay, I'll, I'll give an example. So mm -hmm. say you're a founder yes. and you've identified a unique problem mm -hmm. within your community, mm -hmm. which is maybe helping businesses receive payments faster. Yes. Now, when you think about building a product around that, you have to also think about what are the regulatory requirements. Of course. You also have to think about the engineering efforts, mm -hmm. building that product yeah. back end yeah. and thinking of that. So what we do for you is you focus on your product and focus on the front end, the customer facing part of that product, we will give you APIs okay. that you can plug into back end mm -hmm. mm -hmm. to help you. For example, if you have to issue accounts or help people transfer money, our APIs can enable people to do that on your platform mm. in a regulatory and compliant way. 
mm. right? Because we already have these relationships with, with the, the CBN in Nigeria and other you know regulatory mm. authorities. So they plug into basically other people's licenses. Exactly, to be able to exactly. But in this case, you are plugging into our license, your license, exactly, and then oh. you are able to do all of that. Okay. And how long has this company? How long have you been doing? Not just you, but the company. How oh, long has it, it been? Over doing a year now. Anchor has been existing. How has how has it? Been it's been so exciting. It's, it's been exciting. Like I said, I love new challenges. Yes. I also love to be in an environment where we can enable people do things, to do right? Things. And that is exactly. what exactly. So, exactly. so that is my attraction people. to Anchor because we yeah. enable you launch your product exactly. without having to worry so much about all the things all that the you things need. That you just need. focus on your customer facing um, end of it, yeah. and then we'll focus Good on things. the back end making it happen, making the transactions happen, the regulatory yeah. part of it, yeah. and all of that, yeah. And, I mean, are you only live in Nigeria as for now, or are you for looking now, yes. to expand? Or are so, you okay of course. That? Okay, of course, FinTech is have... a booming industry, of course, right now, yes. in, especially in Nigeria, because we had a conversation about this, uh, about basically not having like an Mpesa in Nigeria, which gives opportunities for a lot more fintechs exactly. to come up. Exactly. So I think it is a perfect product fit for the current market that we have right now, especially Absolutely. in Nigeria. Absolutely. But um, I mean, can I also ask when it comes to regulation, of course, there's also with fintech comes a lot of fraudulent activity going on or companies that are starting to basically do this. So what are the regulatory conditions you've set for people so that they're not able to do anything you know illegal yes. while partnering with yes. you so it all boils down to your kyc yes which is like the know your customer of course yeah. right but it's, it's very big um especially in nigeria with the cbn the central bank of nigeria mm -hmm. um you have to conduct or carry out you know very intense, intense KYC, kyc on your customers mm -hmm. and on the company as well right so mm -hmm. if you're coming in um, in as much as we're supporting you and helping mm -hmm. you launch faster, yes. you also have to tick the, the boxes. Yes, the regulatory mm -hmm. requirements within mm -hmm. um, the KYC framework in Nigeria, right? Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things that we've set in place to mitigate fraud and ensure that people are actually doing what they've set out to do mm -hmm. as opposed to doing something illegal or something different. Okay. So we're very big on KYC. You're very big on KYC. Both on the end customer and on you as a business as well. No, I, I, I think that I completely agree that that is something that needs to be done, especially, I don't want to say something, but in Nigeria, <laughs> we hear a lot oh of stories. Oh, my God. Those stories are wrong. <laughs> we're loving people. We're creative. We're um, also, we need to change the narrative. You need to change the narrative. <laughs> yes. I mean, you have a lot of builders, as you do have the converse. So I think, I mean, I asked that question because I know maybe that's someone who was possibly looking to work with you. They get to know a lot more about how they can partner Absolutely. with you and Absolutely. work with you alongside there. So I guess that's where you are now. Yes, yes. So I'm at Anchor, I'm at Black Ops, mm -hmm. and I also work with tech stakeholders across the continent. I also see that you maybe do some of these events when you've yes. been in Nairobi. Tell us a bit more about also the community yeah. aspect of things. So, so the reason why I set out to do what I do now, mm -hmm. and a couple of things I do is, um, so I, I help with organizing events. I work with stakeholders. I help do introductions, companies looking to come into Nigeria. Mm -hmm. um, I help them with all the things that they need to actually set up and meet the people that they need to meet, you know, and mm -hmm. help them launch faster, you know, and also extending partnerships to other parts of the world, mm -hmm. Africa, mm -hmm. um, Nairobi, 
which right now I'm in Nairobi doing that, building relationships, is because I realized, um, number one, a lot of the opportunities I got was, you know, basically because I met people. Mm -hmm. I I was able to foster relationships. And I believe that if we're meeting each other more, if -hmm. we're collaborating more, we can get a lot more done quickly and faster and help us collectively grow as a continent, Mm -hmm. right? And... You can't do it alone. You can't. You need people. You need to work with people. You know, so I'm, I'm hoping that with what I do, I can help foster those kind of collaborations. Mm-hmm. And I, that is why I'm really excited to do these things, right? Yeah. Because a lot can happen. I mean, you literally see magic being created when people shake hands. Imagine, yeah. get it's, stuff done. People think, exactly. like, so, you know, meeting people or making connections, what they say about, you know, job opportunities or what, people can think it's complicated, but generally it's just maybe bringing up a topic that maybe both of you are enjoying. Maybe exactly. you're having coffee exactly. somewhere and then you mention. And then you find Actually, a Actually, I may know someone who's able mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think establishing relationships as you've seen, as we've, you've tried and tested, yes. is something that is so important, especially especially as you're looking to move forward in your career. And I think my next question would be, I mean, do you have any advice on someone who's trying to have that kind of personality to be able to build relationships with people? How have you been able to do that? And how can they also, in mm-hmm. return, try uh, to do the so same? you have to be. It doesn't stop at meeting people and exchanging contacts. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you, you have to go a step further. Yes. Even in offering help, offering mm-hmm. support, mm-hmm. offering services. One of the things I do when I meet people, mm-hmm. especially when it's people of interest, is, okay, I look at what they currently do and I look at how can I support. Mm-hmm. I remember before we started recording, we we're talking about your podcast. Yes. And we we're talking about, okay, what are some of the Stay things? Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about what are some of the things we could do together. Yes. Like, so those are the things that actually foster building those relationships. relationships. Right? Because value has to be exchanged. It's true. Right? I, I'll tell you for free that... If I meet you for the first time and we exchange contact, I probably would forget your name. But if we have something that we both align with that we're talking about Mm -hmm. and we're trying to build something or we're trying to get something done, that conversation helps me remember you. Mm -hmm. It helps me stay in touch. Mm-hmm. Right, so when you go out to this, it's good to go out for events and connect with people and exchange um, connections on LinkedIn, yeah. exchange WhatsApp numbers, mm-hmm. but it doesn't stop there, right? If mm-hmm. it's a real relationship you're trying to build, you have to find a way to offer value to that to offer person. Value. You need right? to have something, and even that if makes it's someone you're trying to get something from, because a lot of times people focus more on what can I get mm. from this person. Like, for example, you're trying to get a job. You're trying to get an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get a partnership. You just go right into what this you is what I need. Get. Can you help me? Can you, I'm like, but the maybe, person has a thousand yeah. problems. Maybe you can focus on what do they need. <laughs> exactly. And I exactly. completely love that analogy because, yeah, offering value is the best way for you to get something back. Yes. Because that person especially will feel like, man, this person has really done something for exactly. me. I do owe them even if it's subconsciously exactly. something back. Exactly. So I, yeah, I think that's something I'm taking away today. Not the value that I can get from you, but what can I give you to make you remember me as a valuable yes. asset as well yes. to you. So I really do like that. Okay, that is really good advice. Did you have anything else you wanted to add on that? Uh, so I, I would just add that you should be... No, let's cut that. No, I uh. <laughs> So I was going to say what you wanted me to say last. 
which is like uh. the, so the, yeah so let me wait to then yeah okay then that being said i guess we can come we are almost at the end of this episode with Gerald I think your story has been absolutely inspiring I think now to close off the episode I'm gonna ask you four questions that I ask all my guests okay. at the end of every episode and the first one I have for you is what's one word to describe the journey to get to where you are today and oh, why I, I would say number one roller coaster mm -hmm. <laughs> it's been a roller coaster it's never a smooth journey mm -hmm. right I mean one part we left off was the COVID season because yes. I, I got bashed and smashed, but I think I'll leave that. <laughs> what do you mean bashed and smashed? <laughs> I mean, so I'll give you an example. Um, our, our businesses were located in malls. Yes. And malls were shut down, shut down. all through that. So you can I imagine what it was. Yeah. And you know how it is. These malls charge you in dollars per square meter per month. Hey. So here you are having your debt increasing no income coming in mm. and then you know how they say Bill Gates sleeps and wakes up and then his net or his value has increased, has increased. I sleep and wake up and my and debt, debt is, is increasing <laughs> my <laughs> debt is increasing per day exactly so it was a crazy period for me like yeah. a really crazy period but I think what really helps you is consistency right just find a way to keep going um, I had to sell two of my SUVs to get back in business SUVs that I had acquired from other businesses you know, but at the time I just had to do something. Yeah. Because I was faced between selling off, or rather, I was faced between shutting down the company, right? Or just selling off my vehicles or finding a way to get Wait, this thing going. Yeah. And I just knew that, okay, I think I should, right? Yeah. And thank God I did, because eventually the acquisition came in. Yes. And it really helped. So yeah, imagine if I had chosen to shut down. No. Right, yeah, exactly. No, so I would say, yeah, roller coaster would always be there, but find a way to be consistent. Don't give up. Um, just find a way to keep going. Really important. Yeah. Very important. Okay. And the next question I have for you is, what advice would you give to someone who's aspiring to get to where you are today? Build your network. Build your network. Build your network. I think that's even might Build. be the title. I, I think you're you are just you're one or two people or even three people away from where you need to be. Mm. That I know for facts. I mean, you so when you look around you, and I think there's a there's a popular example, I've forgotten who said this, but there's a popular example where someone asked, you know, one of the true tests of your network is when, for example, you're trying to meet the president. How many people are you away from? <laughs> if you are zero people away from who you need to meet, then it's a very poor network, right? Um, yeah, so in as much as you have your friends and you have people you grew up with, um, if they are not people that can take you to where you need to get to, keep them as friends, have them, but also intentionally go look for, look for people, people that can get you to where you need to get to. And like I said, it's a value exchange, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not just about... There's a, there's a way they put it, right? If you want to get invited to other people's platforms, build yours. Mm -hmm. And platform meaning what you can offer, mm -hmm. right? So who are you? What can you mm -hmm. offer? Why should you get invited to the table? What can you bring mm -hmm. to the table? I think right? maybe how to steer the conversation is first starting with, so what do you do? And then you get to know more about exactly. the person and then they get to know more about you. And exactly. then in, the, in your mind consciously, you're like, okay, so where can I put myself exactly. into this conversation? Exactly, exactly. And yeah. what can you offer? And what can yeah. you offer? So yeah, no, I agree with that. Build your network might just be the title of this episode. And the third question I have for you is, do you think you have any regrets or things that you wish you did any different in your journey? Uh, yes, 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 yes. So I would say I wish I had um, mentors earlier 
right? Because I didn't have, so I, I relied a lot on books and reading material, which isn't bad. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, what you find out is in local context, right? A book that you're reading that was written by an American author, mm -hmm. he's writing off his experiences in America. Mm -hmm. By the time you're coming to Kenya, or you're coming to Nigeria, it's completely, it's completely different. different. It's not tailored to you. And the only way that you can actually get hands-on support is when you have someone locally that has gotten to where you want to get to, especially within that context, mm -hmm. that can support you and help you, you know, get to where you want to get mm -hmm. to, right? So um, for me, I didn't have so much of that, or I didn't think it was important, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't consciously look for mentorship. Mm -hmm. I relied on knowledge, I relied on books, which, like I said, it isn't bad, isn't bad. but in a lot of times, there are a lot of disconnects between what you read and what is local reality. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, and I really do appreciate that point because having a mentor, well, if you get the privilege to get one, yes. I think is so valuable because they can show you what you don't know, like you mentioned. Yes. And it's, it's actually both ways because I see a lot of times where people point and say, that's my mentor, but are you his mentee? Mm -hmm. or are, you, are, <laughs> are you mentoring mentee? each other? Right, so it also has to be someone that is willing to support you mm -hmm. and mentor you and you know, show you and guide you in the direction that you need to go. So it's yeah, both ways. It's yeah. both ways. Wow, okay. I've really enjoyed this episode. I guess my last question for you is, how would you like to close off the episode? Give us a powerful parting shot. Yeah, so I would say it's, it's just a collection of everything I've been saying, which is number one, build your network. Number two, invest in yourself. Ensure that you have something of value to always offer at any point in time and be consistent. Wow. I think that's said and done. I have absolutely enjoyed having you on the My Tech Story Africa Thanks for having platform. Me. And I am looking forward to building even greater connection with you. And hopefully we are able to come same up with here, something same. good. Come to Nigeria. <laughs> I come, come to, Nigeria. to Nigeria. It's time yeah. for me to come to Nigeria, <laughs> yes, guys. Clearly, I do know a lot of people who are building amazing things in Nigeria. And what are they called? Contributors. Uh, what are they called? People who are not directly in tech. Enablers. Would, enablers. I guess, yes. So I do know a couple of people in Lagos. I think I just need those flight tickets to get down a notch and then I'll hopefully be able to come to Nigeria. Absolutely. But it's definitely in my bucket list. I would love to come and see the amazing things that are happening in the tech industry there. If you're still watching this episode, thank you so much for reaching the end. Please make sure that you subscribe from wherever you're listening from. It's absolutely free. Helps the podcast grow and reach the right audiences from all across the continent and beyond. Uh, join our community through mtsafrica.co, our website, and there you can get access to the latest tech news or anything that's happening in the ecosystem that you might want to know about, as well as updates on the My Tech Story Africa podcast and platform altogether. And yeah, my name is Alice Kanjaja, and I shall see you in the next one. Thank you, Gerald. Thanks for having me. Awesome.